0: Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. The latest Royal Children's Hospital National Child Health poll is out and it shows that parents aren't vaccinating their kids against the flu, at least not as much as doctors would like to see. Dr. Anthea Rhodes is a paediatrician and the director of the poll. Hi, Anthea. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Now, I think we've had a couple of years of COVID where that has been foremost in our minds. But I think even before COVID, people didn't really understand different strains of, let's say, influenza or as we call it, the flu. So can you tell me to start off with what kind of impact can the flu have on children?
1: Absolutely. So influenza virus, which we catch in a similar way to the way people catch COVID, it's an airborne virus, a respiratory entry virus, can give people the flu as we know it. And that's a different thing to, you know, a, a cough, a cold from other causes. Actual flu virus from influenza can actually make people quite unwell. And young children, children under five, are in fact the group most at risk of serious illness. And when we say serious illness, that means things like pneumonia, sometimes inflammation of the heart, sometimes inflammation of the brain and the fluid around the brain. So before COVID, influenza was actually the leading cause of a child under five needing to be admitted to hospital. So it is a serious illness Not for everyone, fortunately. In the majority of cases, it's still relatively mild, but it can be a serious illness, particularly in young children.
0: Okay, so your poll found that only 50% of of parents plan to give their kids the flu vaccine this year. Did you get a sense of why only 50% were interested, given it can have such a serious impact on kids?
1: Yeah, so there were a variety of reasons that parents told us about when it came to their hesitancy with flu vaccine for their children. At the top of the list, there were some misconceptions about flu and whether or not it's serious. So a third of parents who aren't planning to go ahead with a flu vaccine for their kids felt that the flu doesn't make previously healthy children seriously unwell, when in fact, as we've just talked about, it it can. So there's some misunderstanding of that there. There was also some confusion about the fact that people do, or children including, do need a flu vaccine every year in order to be fully protected. So you mentioned just before, Siobhan, the idea of different strains of flu. So the flu virus does actually change every season and it sort of is clever. It keeps mutating in a way that means that we can continue to get sick from it year on year, even if you've had it before. And so each season, a new flu vaccine is developed that's a best predicted match for the strain that's going around, and for that reason, to stay protected, the flu vaccine needs to be given every year. So some parents weren't aware of that.
0: Before we go on to the other reasons, sorry, Andrea, yes. if I could just ask, with relation to the vaccine, the best predicted uh, protection for whatever flu is coming that season, we have heard a lot of talk at the moment in the press that this will be an unprecedented flu season, mainly because we've been so isolated and protecting ourselves from COVID and no one has immunity. Do we know much about the current strain? Because anecdotally, I've already heard of several people being unwell with the flu this season and they all say that it's the worst flu they've ever had.
1: Yeah. So, What we do know, one really important thing we do know, is that the strain of flu this year and the vaccine that's been developed for it looks to be a really closely aligned match. So that means that the flu vaccine that we have this year is working really well to protect people from the strain of flu that's circulating. So that's really important because every year it's a little bit different. This year it looks like the vaccine is very effective to answer your question about, you know, how bad is flu going to be this year? Well, we don't really know yet, you know, how it will unfold. But what we do know already is that there are more cases in our community for this time of year than we would typically see. So it's here early in large numbers, and it's spreading more quickly, particularly in children and young adults, than we would typically see. So we believe that the reasons for that, as you've talked about, relate to our immunity. So for the last two years we've all done a pretty good job of you know trying to protect ourselves from COVID by limiting the way COVID can spread. And in doing that we've really limited flu. So last year in Australia there was virtually no flu, which is you know really um, an incredible thing and very very hard to imagine. But the reason for that is that flu really comes from the northern hemisphere With people on planes, that's pretty much how it gets here. And with international borders closed for the best part of two years in Australia, that meant that the the chances of flu coming into the country were very, very low. And then, of course, once it has arrived, it spreads from person to person. And by being isolated and all the sort of hygiene practices we followed, we really didn't give flu the opportunity to move around. So that was good because it meant, you know, no one got sick from flu. But what it also meant is that the immune system didn't get any exposure to the flu virus and sort of went on a bit of a holiday. And now the, you know, if you like, the enemy is back and and the troops are not really trained. They haven't actually had little doses doses of a natural booster or immunity through the previous seasons. People didn't get the flu vaccine either during COVID. The uptake of it was very, very low because flu was not around and people were not really attending healthcare facilities if they really didn't need to. And so, that also means that year-on-year immunity is down. So, for for lots of reasons this year, we expect that people might be more prone to catching flu um, and that the virus itself might affect people a bit more severely because they haven't got that immunity there.
0: So, if we're talking about children under five being the highest at-risk group for, um, you know, one of the highest groups, I should say, or most vulnerable groups when it comes to influenza how old do children need to be before they can get a flu shot?
1: Yeah, so they need to be six months old before they can get that first dose of the flu vaccine. And for children under nine, the first year that they have it, they've never had it before, children under nine years need two doses in that first season. And then in subsequent years, they only need one. So from six months, that first dose can be given. And we would you know, really be urging parents listening if you're thinking you're not sure if it's really necessary for your child, that it's a very safe and very effective vaccine. And of course, it's it's free for children in that young age group across Australia, six months to five years. And now, I believe in New South Wales, certainly Queensland and Victoria following suit as well for all people this season. So free, safe and recommended. And if you're one of those parents who's thinking, oh, I'm just not sure that I want my child to have one more vaccine, Mm. then you're also not alone because that was the other main reason we learned in our study as to why parents might not be lining up their child for the flu vaccine this year, This, this sense of vaccine fatigue. And a lot of people are feeling that. They're also feeling it about COVID boosters for themselves and for their child But we really do want to urge people that we've worked so hard to keep everyone safe and particularly our children have have sacrificed a lot to keep particularly adults and older people in the community well over the last couple of years. So the last thing we really want to do now is drop the ball and see flu sneak in the back door and make kids sick. Because COVID doesn't generally make children very unwell, but flu really can.
0: It's interesting you say that about vaccine fatigue because I understood that we aren't doing so well with the COVID vaccines either with children. I'm not sure what the stats are now, but I had heard a couple of months ago that it wasn't, it was maybe 50% of children were vaccinated with the COVID vaccine So does that fatigue come about more from just hearing that they need to vaccinate their kids as opposed to actually doing it? Or are we doing better with the COVID vaccine now?
1: No, you're right. We are also still really quite low down for the second dose, particularly of COVID vaccines for children. So those um, over five years who are eligible now to have had two doses, most of them, a large proportion have still only had one. And as you say, some children have still not had any. So some of that fatigue is coming from perhaps you've taken a child and it wasn't a great experience. Um, Your child might be reluctant to go again for another vaccine and parents are hesitant. Sometimes it's because their own experience of having to have a number of boosters and, you know, hearing a lot about vaccination and really feeling that they've had enough of the whole concept and so they've not taken up even the first dose for their kids. And this is real. It's something a lot of people are experiencing. Um, I think it's really important particularly with flu, but also with COVID, because it is increasing again at the moment in the community and we have got winter ahead where we're expecting cases to go up to remind people why, you know, vaccination is important. It's not fun to have a vaccination. It's certainly not fun to take a child to be vaccinated, um, but particularly with flu vaccine, it might mean the difference between a couple of days of your child not being 100% or a stay-in-hospital. And certainly when I see families who have had children with really quite severe flu just in recent weeks, all of them have been saying, my gosh, I wish we'd had the flu vaccine if it meant we could have avoided this.
0: So when it comes to boosters, is there any chance that people are confused about where they're at with it? So um, we potentially can have a fourth booster as an adult and um, I'm just wondering what is the latest information about. Where we're at with boosters for both adults and children, and and where are we are we communicating clearly enough about these boosters for COVID?
1: That's a great question, and I think for some people there is a bit of confusion, or again fatigue. People have disengaged from the process. So when it comes to kids, um, those children aged between five years and twelve years have been eligible for some time now for two doses. A lot of children haven't had their second dose, even though the gap between dose one and two has passed. For those families who might be behind on that booster for their kids, it's really important to know that they can have flu vaccine and COVID vaccine at the same time. So our advice would be to head along to your GP and get both of those vaccinations done at the same time as you head into winter. So you're covering off flu and you're making sure that your children are as protected as they can be for COVID. For teenagers, um, at the moment, ATAGI, so that's the advisory group in Australia that ultimately, along with the TGA, make the recommendations about when different types of vaccines are available um, and who is eligible to have them, are reviewing when the third dose will be available for teenagers. So a lot of people We'll have teenagers who have perhaps had their two doses of COVID vaccine and would be eligible for a third once it becomes um, approved by ATAGI. And we expect that will happen as we head into winter. And then with adults, the third dose has been on the table for us for quite some time. So most adults will have had three doses now to be considered up to date. And for some who are at higher risk for various reasons in, in terms of age or their health conditions, they're now eligible for a fourth dose. So It does keep moving and, you know, time passes and sometimes it's hard to keep track. But the important message with COVID vaccination is that we, what we have learned is that we do continue to need quite regular doses of of the vaccine in order to keep the immune protection as strong as it can be. And so it's likely that there will continue to be a requirement for multiple doses as we go forward until things change in terms of the actual virus itself and and the way that people's natural immunity starts to take over and eventually we'll probably see that change a little bit.
0: So going back to the flu vaccination um, in particular, because I know that parents with children under five will be most concerned possibly about that, what if your child cannot have the flu vaccine? A, A colleague of mine here mentioned that his daughter is allergic to egg so she actually can't have the vaccine. Are there options for parents who, whose children are unable to get the regular vaccine?
1: There are actually some different options this year in relation to the flu vaccine. There is one particular type of vaccine that's new and has been approved, um, particularly for children who may not have been able to have previous types of flu vaccine. So Without getting into all the nitty gritty and detail of that, I would definitely suggest if you're listening and you were concerned that your child might not be able to have a flu vaccine because of allergy of some sort, to talk to your doctor about new options that are available.
0: Excellent. Well, Anthea, thank you so much for your time today.
1: My pleasure, Siobhan. Great to have a chance to chat and hopefully reach some parents out there who might be thinking about this and encourage them to just Get in there and get it done because it may make a big difference to, to their child's health over this winter.
0: Absolutely, thank you. That's Dr. Anthea Rhodes. She's a paediatrician and the director of the RCH National Child Health Poll. I'll put links to the poll in the notes of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed Play Love. If you did, please rate, review, or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes, plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at, at listener.com. Bye for now.